Hey, this is Caleb Cole, pastor of Project Church in Sacramento. And man, I am so excited for you to hear this word. I believe God is going to encourage you, strengthen you, and challenge you through it. So get ready to receive from God today. Well, what is up? How's everybody doing today? Doing good? Beating the heat? Hope you're doing great today because I'm doing great. Man, I want to take some time. Man, I'm so thankful every single morning, uh, every single time we come to church here because there are literally dozens of people that make this happen. Like what you see here and, and the good percentage of us actually are part of that, of creating that. But can we give it up for Project Church teams? Come on, make some noise for amazing people that serve, that are here setting up, that are here right now taking care of our kids, loving our kids, and teaching them about Jesus I can't, I can't celebrate that enough. Often um, the people up front and literally in the spotlight are the ones that give praise, but really that's not the people who deserve it the most. It's really the people behind the scenes. And I'm so grateful for a humble church that serves, that are just a team of incredible people. And I want to let you know that I'm so thankful on a daily basis to uh, just to be part of this. I tell people all the time because they ask, uh, hey, what do you do? I'm a pastor. Oh, we started the church in West Sac a few years ago. And then what's it like? That's how it comes. And I'm like, well, it's awesome because there's a bunch of awesome people, because the church isn't a building, because we don't even own this building. This is a school. We got kids in here Monday through Friday. So it's not about the building, but the church is about the people. And I'm regularly, continually, frequently thankful for for our church because it is you. You are the church. Everybody raise your hand and say, I am the church. And I'm pretty awesome. But I'm still going to be humble. Okay, okay, okay. So we're jumping into the Word today. I'm excited because I don't think I've ever preached on this before. We preached on it a few years ago, but it, wasn't, it was Caleb teaching on it when he talked about the Ten Commandments. And so today we're talking about something that's very misunderstood. And as a result, very low obedience to this commandment. So it's, it's one of the Ten Commandments, and it's the commandment to Sabbath, to keep the Sabbath. And so what the Sabbath essentially means is a day of rest. The, the Sabbath implies that you are going to stop. You're going to cease. You're going to stop working and just chill out a little bit. And the focus is that word rest. And so I think we often look at these commandments, and we're going to read a passage of Scripture where Jesus just does the classic move on, turns the Pharisees around and mixes them up, what you may call a Jesus juke. And he throws this at them, and they're like, wait, what? Because they were trying to do something, and he really brings some important light to this idea of the Sabbath. But I think often we kind of look, go through like the Ten Commandments, and we hear like, all right, do, do not murder. Check. I get that. I can do not steal. I got that. Do, do not cut, have any idols before, before me, says the Lord. And then it gets to do not, or and then it says keep the Sabbath. And we're like, okay, next one. Because we don't really get it. I think so many of us were like, okay, well, I only work five days a week, maybe six days. But a lot of us in reality, I think, are just totally missing this idea because it's a lot about our perspective. So I believe this commandment is the most misunderstood, and as a result, it's the one that's least obeyed. But here's the huge thing. Here's why this is so important for us today is because this affects every part of our life. I think this is the reason many of us are suffering in our health, physically and emotionally, mentally, and most importantly, spiritually. 
Because when we really fulfill this passage, when we really fulfill this commandment that God says, hey, you're supposed to rest. Hey, I want you to keep this day holy, set aside. I want it to be separate. I want it to be different from the other days. And I want you just to rest in me. When we do that, when we really get the, uh, this idea and when we live that out and we embrace the idea of the Sabbath and we receive this idea of the Sabbath, we receive this blessing, then I believe our physical health will improve. I believe our mental health will improve. I believe our emotional health will improve. And statistically, it shows our financial state will improve because we're more well-rested, that people who have vacation statistically who take those regular and take time away are statistically financially better off. But most importantly, that we are spiritually healthier because we fulfill this commandment he's given us and we obey the rest. So my, my prayer for you, it's going to be awesome once you see where we're going with this because the Pharisees try to take it one way and Jesus brings it in and shows this other way. But I believe this, this is essentially what Jesus was saying and I, hope, and I pray this sticks with you today, is that the Sabbath was not supposed to be a burden. Because we kind of look at all these laws and we think, oh man, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to make sure I got to fit this in the line. Don't do this, do this, don't do this, but you got to do this, don't do this. And we think of it as a burden, but the Sabbath was created to be a blessing to you. So right off the bat, we need to look at this not as another thing we're supposed to do. Because we'll, we'll, we'll mess up the perspective. That was partly what was wrong with the Pharisees here. He says, the Sabbath was created to be a blessing to you. And something that is a blessing to you is a received. It's a gift. It's not something we work for. And the interesting thing about this passage that we're about to read is Mark, as we're reading, in, in, as Jesus is, uh, encounters these Pharisees and the disciples are there, it, it contrasts these two things that are diametrically opposed, that are very uh, on the other ends of the spectrum, really. And that is this idea of religion Versus rest. Because the, the Pharisees, you'd say, were very religious. And what that means is they were all about earning. They were all about fulfilling the law. Their goal was to fulfill the law. The 613 laws that were created, they said, man, we got to make sure and do every single one of those. They believed it was possible. But it actually is impossible except for one person who fulfilled the law, whose name was Jesus, who he was talking to. But they not only saw that the 613, they said, well, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good amount. But how about let's create some more laws to go with it and some more guidelines so we can enforce these rules on other people. And they missed it because then they were, they were thinking about it of being a burden and not a blessing. They turned it into something that was supposed to be a blessing, and they turned it into a burden because they were thinking of uh, in a religious perspective. And they were saying, man, the Sabbath, well, we got to work to make that work. But then that misses the point because the point of the Sabbath is what? Is rest. So here's how I believe this turned from a, bad, from a good thing to a bad thing. Because in, in the beginning, there's right off the bat, you recognize the Sabbath. In the first few verses of Scripture, God, God took a day in creation. He took every day. He made the water. He made the land. He made the fish and the animals, the birds. He made the humans. He made the plants. And then on the, and on the sixth day, and then on the seventh day, he rested, and he modeled that to us. So that was a really big deal. He modeled, and he said, hey, look, I'm showing rest, and I'm showing you that this, this is what it looks like. You work six days, and you take a day of rest. And you don't work, and then you embrace the rest because your body needs it, your mind needs it, and spiritually you're able to reflect on me. 
And so he models that to us. And then, then even in, uh, throughout that time, people were obeying the, the, the Sabbath. And then in the, the Ten Commandments come, away, come around, Moses on Mount Sinai, and he receives the, the Ten Commandments. And that is a list of one of them. It's like, all right, you need to obey the Sabbath. And uh, even in Exodus chapter 16, some more, pass, some more clarification is given on, onto it. And says, hey, Jesus, the, the word of God says that you aren't supposed to travel. You're, not supposed, to, you're supposed to store up some food so you're not going to be working and plowing and doing things on the Sabbath. So you're saving up. So plan a little bit so you can rest on that Sabbath. But then they thought, well, let's keep on adding to this and let's make even more rules to it. So they literally added to the word of God. Which, if you're, if, if you're wondering about doing that, that's a horrible idea. Because the word of God is enough. And so they started, being, started saying, this is how you rest. And enforcing this on other people. And it turned in from a blessing into a burden. And so my prayer for you is real simple. Is that you would receive the blessing. That you would receive and have a correct perspective on what the Sabbath is supposed to be like. And you would just receive that. You would be open to say, God, I want to I wanna live this out. Maybe right now you're working seven days a week. Maybe you have a nine to five Monday through Friday, but on Saturday and Sunday you're still going hard and you're still working. You're still making up for other things and you don't feel like you are rested right now. So I would say real quick, the gauge to whether you say if I'm living out the Sabbath or not is ask yourself, are you rested? And I think in today's world, many of us would say no. Because often the question we ask is, hey, how's it going? And the response is usually, oh, good, I'm busy. How's it going? Busy, good, you know, busy, staying busy. And it almost seems like that's a good thing. That's what you want to say. But all often I'm like, well, I'm not busy. Like I have, I set aside my time to work. And then I set aside my time where I have margin in my life to where I'm not going crazy with all the busyness. And so it's interesting in our culture that busyness is often praise. It's often a badge of honor that we wear. But when we do that, we're not really embracing the Sabbath. We're not embracing this blessing that God's given to us. So that's my prayer today. If for those of you taking an evaluation, ask yourself right now, do I feel rested? Physically, maybe you didn't get a lot of sleep last night. Maybe babies were keeping you up all night. Maybe you partied too hard and you had to get up for church tomorrow morning or the next day, today. And you're, but are you rested right now? Physically, yes. Emotionally and mentally, yes. But spiritually, are you rested? I'm praying that you will receive the blessing of following Jesus, the blessing that he gives us, which is the Sabbath. So we're going to talk a lot about, we're going to unpack what, really what it means a little bit, but here's the biggest thing right here. In uh, Mark chapter 2, verse 23, we're continuing on, and uh, we're in this series where right now in this, in this chapter specifically, there are five different oppositions that create this teaching moment. And so this is another one where the Pharisees come up to Jesus and say, hey, you're doing this wrong. And Jesus says, all right, well, let's talk about that. So starting in verse 23 of Mark chapter 2, let's go. One Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields. He's talking about Jesus. And as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees, the religious people, legalistic people, they were saying to him, look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And Jesus, he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar, the high priest, and ate the bread of the presence 
which is not lawful for any but the priests to eat, and also gave it to those who were with him. And then he says, and he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even on the Sabbath. Let's pray today that God's word would speak to us. Jesus, we pray just that, that your word would speak to us. God, I pray specifically for those of us that feel burdened, that feel unrested, that we would receive your rest, that we would understand the biblical principle of the Sabbath. We would have a new perspective, a deeper understanding, and most of all, we would feel your love and forgiveness in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. So one of the things that I like about the Bible is it tells you what not to do. It doesn't just tell you, hey, this is what you should do, but it also gives us some fair examples of people who were way off, and you look at them and says, okay, don't do that. See, when I was in ministry, or, or new into ministry, I was part of this ministry training program, and they would take, uh, they would bring in these pastors that had been doing ministry longer than me so I could figure out what, what I was doing, and some of them would come in and tell me all of what I was supposed to do. Some of them would come and just talk about their success and how they, they, what, what has really worked for them in their ministry. And that was helpful. But what I appreciated way more was when a pastor would come in and start talking to me. He says, hey, let me tell you how I really screwed this up. And then I would lean in. I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. Because I felt it was more, not only more relatable to me, but also more helpful to me. Because now I know what not to do. So often in scripture, we look at, we look at this passage and we say, okay, well, this is what not to do. Specifically, in this case, Jesus corrected them. And he said, okay, do not do this. And so here's what I want to encourage you with. He's saying, do not do this. Don't be a Pharisee. Don't be religious. Don't be legalistic with your thinking. Don't be legalistic with your thinking of the Sabbath. Because he points this out to them as they were trying to enforce this. And I'll give you three reasons why it's a bad idea to be a Pharisee. Three reasons why in this scenario right here that it's bad to be a Pharisee. That's a horrible idea, and that will ruin your life, and it will ruin your Sabbath. And after we do that, I'm going to give you some practical tips, and then we're going to pray and believe God will give us that rest. Here's the first thing I noticed about that passage right there. In verse 25, they come, came up to him and tried to enforce this. And what I noticed is that they were more concerned about the obedience of others than they were their own. They were trying to enforce the obedience of other people. And they were saying, hey, we're, you need to make sure and you do this. You need to make sure. And, and they were somehow placed as the judge of people and the judge of obedience. And the Pharisees had the boldness to go up to Jesus and attempt, attempt to catch him and his disciples in sin. In what he, they thought was sin. Because they were trying to attempt to prove that. Hey, well, he said he's the son of God, and they were trying to find him in sin. Because obviously, if he let his disciples sin, that means he sinned too. So they wanted to catch Jesus in the sin. And that's what legalism will do to you. It will cause you to worry about stuff you don't got any business worrying about. That's what it will do to you. And you're not even thinking about what you're doing with your life. As you're focusing on other people and you're thinking, man, this person needs to take care of this. Man, this person needs to do this. Man, I need, to, I need to admit to this is I'm a recovering Pharisee because I've often found myself thinking this way. And then when I, when I really pause to think about it in a biblical perspective, I'm like, what business do I have? It's not my job to worry about the obedience of others, to worry about this person if they're fulfilling. And yeah, we're going to love them. We're going to encourage them. But they were enforcing something that wasn't 
actually a biblical concept. And so they, they found Jesus and they say, hey, look, you're breaking the, breaking the, uh, breaking the law here. And, as, and here's what the law was. And number one, they were, they were picking the heads of grain and they were eating them. And so they were doing, by that they said, okay, that's work. But Jesus said, hey, I'm Lord of the Sabbath. And didn't you even know that in scripture David did this and that was lawful? And so what happens or what is really unique right here, as they were so focused, they were so caught up on enforcing the obedience of others, they themselves found themselves sinning and breaking the law. Because you know what the, the, the um, interpretation of uh, breaking the Sabbath in this case? So you weren't supposed to travel on the Sabbath. And so when they f- try to figure out, okay, what does that mean? You're not able to take a step. You're not able to go like walk outside. Are you, able, are you able to walk to the bathroom? Like what are you able to do? And so they decided, okay, a mile. And a biblical mile was 2,000 cubits, which also was about 2,000 step. A cubit was about a step. So you were able to take 1,099 steps. 1,098, 1,099. Don't take another step. Otherwise, you broke the Sabbath right there. And so the, 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 um, the Pharisees were following Jesus and his disciples who were traveling. And you're, it's safe to say that they've, they've gone over 1,099 steps. They've taken that 2,000 step. But as they were doing that, they were coming up to him and saying, Aha, you took 2,000 steps. Well, where were the Pharisees at? They were right there, 2,000 steps away. So they were so consumed with, with catching someone. They were so consumed with finding out the sin and pointing out the sin of someone else that they themselves found themselves in sin. They were breaking their own laws that they were so particular about enforcing that they broke it themselves. And Jesus talked about that when he said, hey, why are you so worried about this speck in someone else's eye? Why are you so consumed? Don't worry about the speck in someone else's eye that you're trying to judge, you're trying to to cast judgment on and fix someone else's problem when you got this huge plank in your own eye. And we often do this without realizing it. So having the right perspective on this is we need to understand just to stay in our lane. And we're not enforcing something on anyone else. So you see your friend's Pay, uh, your friends post on Facebook and say, man, that guy has issues. Man, he's, he really needs Jesus. He needs Jesus. How about you worry about your issues and let Jesus heal you? When you see your neighbor and the kids are running amok, acting a fool, and you say, man, they need to love their kids better. If I was their parent, I would do this. I would do this. They need to discipline their kid. They need to get their kid to bed on time. They need to give their kid vegan and gluten-free. And they're not just like, how about you just worry about your own kids and don't worry about the, your, the other people's kids. They already got their own problems. You don't know them. That's not your life to live. And worry about yourself. See, the Bible, see, these people were, were missing the point. And I think often as I began to go to church, um, we, we realized that, that we just need to stay in our lane. So real quick with me, raise your hand and say, I will. Stay in my lane. It's not my job to worry about someone else's stuff. I'm going to do me. All right, thank you for that. Some of you are like, what kind of weird thing is it? So number, number one is they were more concerned about the obedience of others than themselves. And the second thing this is they were unbiblical. They were enforcing some rules that weren't actually biblical. You see, the Pharisees were, went right up to him and tried to enforce something, and Jesus said, okay, well, let me talk to you really about if you want to try to follow the law. Well, think about this. G- David was hungry, 
and he went into the presence of God, and there was the presence bread, also called the show bread, and he ate that, and that was lawful for them to do because he was hungry and because how important of a mission it was. And Jesus was also saying, hey, this is a very important mission too, and quit being so legalistic with it and worry about yourself. But also they were being very unbiblical. So the, the rules they were trying to catch Jesus in were these additional rules to the Sabbath. There's 39 activities in the Mishnah, which the, the Pharisees developed over hundreds of years, and, and Jesus was breaking several of these things, or his disciples were, by plucking the grain, by rolling it out, and by eating it. They were, they were, they were doing several of the forbidden things to do on the Sabbath. And he asked them, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to follow the rules or are you going to follow the Bible? See, often we'll have these moments in our life when people come up to you and tell you you're in sin. Some people will come up to you and be like, hey, you need to fix this about your life. Some judgmental people will say, hey, this is wrong. You're in sin. And what you have to do is look to the Bible with respect. You have to look to the Bible because at Project Church, the Bible is enough. The Bible is our guide. That's one of our core values. That's one of our blueprints here is the Bible is our guide. And we find that that is enough for us. We look to the word of God and we will never enforce personal convictions as a biblical standard on someone else. And that's what the Pharisees were doing. And you see, I've, I've done this before and I've learned to be better at it. For example, there's, there's several examples where you can have a personal conviction where you say, no, I believe this is what I'm supposed to do in this scenario. Maybe you're like, hey, I don't want to watch, I don't want to watch rated R movies. We're well, going to keep that standard, and that's great, and respect that. But you can't enforce that situation, that standard, as a biblical standard on other people and start coming down on other people because they watch rated R movies or watch PG-13 or watch, or, or watch uh, the Flintstones. You're like, hey, that's not biblical. That doesn't line up with the biblical timeline. They didn't have Sony. Don't worry about all that stuff. you got to be thinking what is about staying in your lane. You're never thinking, this is a personal conviction, and I'm going to enforce this on someone else. For example, many people think that this idea of alcohol is a biblical standard, that alcohol is sin. And you can look, and I've tried, and, and people have tried, and you can look through Scripture, and there's no biblical evidence that you could say alcohol is sin. That, that just doesn't add up. There's, there's alcohol throughout Scripture, and there's no evidence that alcohol is sin, but drunkenness is sin. So there's alcohol and there's drunkenness, and that's a very clear line to me. But if, I, if people have that standard to say, I'm having the personal conviction that I'm just not going to have alcohol, I'm going to abstain. Well, we're not going to enforce that on somebody else because that's not, that's not your job to do. So never enforce a biblical uh, something that's an unbiblical standard, an, a personal conviction onto someone else. Because that's what the Pharisees were doing. They were saying, look, you need th these 39 extra things called the Mishnah. They added, and they were enforcing it on other people. And when you do that, you miss the point, which is the last thing here today, the last thing about, about really miss about why the Pharisees being pharisaical, being religious, being legalistic is a horrible idea, is the Pharisees missed the point. They were caught up again in enforcing the laws. And, they, and Jesus said, hey, the Sabbath wasn't made so that man can serve it. The, the Sabbath was made to serve man. And we don't serve this. This isn't something we serve. It is a blessing to us. You guys are missing it. You guys are working so hard to obey the Sabbath that you're working and you're missing this idea of rest. 
And so Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And so legalism is when we start serving the laws. For example, part of the Mishnah, it said, like, okay, you can't work. Okay? And so they had to define that more clearly because people were like, okay, well, what does that mean? And so it's like, okay, you're not allowed to hunt. And so some people got so legalistic that said, if you killed a fly in your house, flies buzzing around, you killed a fly in your house, that was hunting. If you dragged a chair across your room, dragged it across, you were sweet, it was moving the dust around and you were sweeping. That is work and that is a sin and you can't do that. People got so caught up with this idea that they missed the point that is made to serve us. And here's one that I thought was funny is if your house is on fire, this is how, how crazy it was. You had to watch it burn. You can't extinguish that flame because, hey, that's working. Your, your house got on fire. Your, your kids get the, uh, lit the curtains on fire. Hey, you just got to watch that burn. Unless you got to save a life, then you can extinguish the fire, save the life. But if there's no life to be saved, it's just your stuff, just your house. Just watch it burn, baby. So they were missing the point. They added these things that aren't in the, the Bible. That's what the Pharisees were basing off of this book. They added these laws that they added that aren't biblical, that God never told them to do, but they felt necessary to add, and they had this personal conviction, and they were adding that to everyone else. And they missed the point when they did that, that it was made to be a blessing to us. And I think many of us are missing this idea of blessing. Many of us have either think about it and in these so many rules or some of us just don't understand it. And so we're missing out and we don't schedule it and we just let our schedule be our schedule. And we're suffering for it in, in physical ways, our body. We're suffering mentally, emotionally, even financially, and most importantly, spiritually in our lives when we miss out on this thing. So I want to ask a few questions, get you, give you some practical things as we close out. Number one, questions about the Sabbath. Is the Sabbath just about going to church? It's a fair question. Because you think about, okay, the Sabbath is on Sunday, so we got to go to church. In that, Now, here's the deal. If we look at history, it started as, a, as a, the Saturday, the seventh day of the week, not the first day of the week. But so, so for the longest time, up until the death of Jesus, they, they observed Saturday as the day of rest. But then Jesus rose on the, on the first day. He rose on Sunday, right? He died on Friday, rose on Sunday. And so, that, so people started following that and said, well, the, the Sabbath should be on Sunday because Jesus rose on the Sunday. And for years, that was played off. Some of them, it was an opposition. Some said Saturday, some said Sunday. And then when they started, found in America, 1,400 years later, they said, okay, well, which day is it? They said some say Saturday, some say Sunday. So we got both. If you didn't know, there's a little history lesson on, on how that worked, how the work week wor made itself to develop that there's five days and two days of rest. That's how that happened. And, but, but here's the important thing to think about is not to miss the point of legalism. That no, it, it is about church because it is about finding rest spiritually and feeding yourself spiritually. And so I think it is very important that you include worship as part of your church, as, as part of it. And it's not just about going to church. But I believe it should be included, and it's very important. Does the Sabbath have to be on Sunday? I actually just answered that question. No, it doesn't, because some of you have crazy work schedules. But I believe that it's supposed to be observed, supposed to be embraced, supposed to have this reflection, this idea that I'm going to set aside time to make this important. Maybe it's mine for you, usually is Friday or Saturday. So, next question. 
is how can I ruin my Sabbath? Well, I'm glad you asked. I got four points for you. Four ways you can ruin your Sabbath is don't plan. Just let your schedule be your schedule. Just let, let it do whatever and just don't think about it. Let it come back and you look back and you're like, when was the last time I had a day off and really rested? That's what, that's what the enemy would love for you to do. That's what the enemy would love and just say, hey, just, just kind of forget about this because then you're, then you're weak, then you don't have a sober mind, then you're, they, you're missing out on that blessing. We're playing for it. So the commandment was to make it holy. And what does holy mean? It means to be set apart. It means to be different. It means to be separate. So what you need to do is make sure you plan for that and set it aside for it to be separate. Second thing is this. You may not think about this. Is, is the work ethic. A poor work ethic, ethic will cause you to miss your Sabbath. You know why? Because Monday through Friday, you're, you're messing around. You're not doing the work you should be doing. And so you end up making up for it on Saturday and Sunday or on your Sabbath, whenever that is, and you miss out. And so, so I think some of us need to have the perspective, man, I'm going to work hard so I can rest hard. I'm going to work hard so I can play hard. I'm going to, to work hard so I can enjoy the Sabbath. Third way to, to ruin your Sabbath is technology. Man, phones, iPads, and computers, TVs, all this stuff is great. Technology is an amazing gift, but it makes for a horrible God. We serve technology. It's going to fail us a lot. It's a great gift. It's a great tool. And you know, you know obviously, we use a lot of technology in the church, and, and I think it's, it's, it needs to stop there. It needs to simply be a tool for us to, to utilize. But when it becomes a God, when, we, when it starts to creep in, and some of you guys didn't know there's this button on the side of your phone, and you can turn it off. Did you all know that? You can turn your phone off. The, the, the Steve Jobs and those guys don't want you to know about it. But you can turn your phone off, and, man, it's a blessing. Don't let technology become a God. Fourth way to ruin your Sabbath is an anxious heart, is we need peace. We need, we need the word of God to give us peace. We need to have that perspective of peace. We're so worried. We're, 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 we're running at such a high pace that, we, that it flows over, and we come with this anxious heart. And the true solution, the true antidote to worry is trusting in God, and that's really what living out the Sabbath is. So anxiety, if you have anxiety, that means you really need the Sabbath is to trust that he's in control. And so that's how, that's how you ruin your Sabbath. But I want to give you a few things real quick on how you can redeem your Sabbath and what you're supposed to do on the Sabbath. So number one is this, keep the great commandment. What's the great commandment? There are 613 laws I referred to, and then, and then the uh, Pharisees asked Jesus, they said, hey, which is the most important? And he replied with the great commandment, which is to love God and to love people. He says, love God with all your heart, all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, and then love your neighbor like yourself. And do that on the Sabbath, whatever that looks like. I'm not going to give you, see, this, this is where you thought, this is where I could insert a bunch of rules and legalism and, and say, hey, right here to here, you know, make sure you don't do this. You know, make sure you don't drag your, your chair across the floor because otherwise sweeping. You don't want to kill a fly, otherwise I'd be working and hunting. Here's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to love God. Is that simple enough for you? You're supposed to love God on your Sabbath and love other people. Here's the, the next thing is, is to be generous. And I think a lot of us live out our Sabbath, and I gave praise to our team earlier that are serving all around because they were generous with their time. 
They come here on Sunday morning, this is their Sabbath, and it's actually restful. It actually gives them peace to come and set up the chairs. It gives them peace. It gives them joy. It's a blessing. And you know why? Because in our, at our church, we don't say we have to serve. We give the list and say, oh, I'm scheduled to do kids. I'm scheduled to do on the worship team. I'm scheduled to set up. I'm, I'm scheduled to give the high fives at the door. No, I don't have to do that. I get to do that. It is a blessing to give. And so often we, we miss out on this blessing of giving on the Sabbath because we are supposed to be generous, and that's a way of loving God and loving people is to be generous. And so today when you leave, I want you to thank some of the people that serve today. I want you to thank some of the people that gave you a high five. I want to, if you got kids, when you pick them up, just thank the people there because they do an amazing job, and they're fulfilling the Sabbath, most of them. That's their Sabbath today, and they're serving because they get to do that. Be generous, and this last thing, or this third thing is really practical, is to do something different. Do something different. And, and here's a way I'm, I've noticed for me is if you work with your hands, you know, you're 9 to 5 because you're working with your hands, then Sabbath with your mind. So maybe you're, maybe you're a construction. Maybe, you, maybe you're on your feet running around the grocery store. Maybe you work with your hands in some way. Well, Sabbath with your mind and read a book. Sabbath with your mind and, and watch a new movie. Watch a new show that inspires you. But if you work with your mind... And this applies to me because that's, that's essentially my job is thinking of how we can uh, uh, to, to do a better job at leading this church. I'm prepping for sermons. I'm in and out of meetings. I'm, I'm, uh, preaching, I'm prepping to preach. I'm doing all these things that's working for my mind. And so if I came out and says, oh, my Sabbath, I'm going to dig in and study more. I'm going to read more. Then I'm, and then I'm kind of not going to be as fulfilled because Sabbath should be something different. And so I work with my hands. I'm going, I'm going to Sabbath with my hands. One of the most relieving things for me to do, and this is like a beach ritual. Every time I go to the beach, I bring a shovel and I just dig this massive hole for my kids to play in. And it is one of the most restful things for me for some reason, just because I'm working, I'm doing something different. So on the Sabbath, make sure you do something different and you keep in mind that this is a way I'm, I'm keeping the Sabbath. And this last thing is that to rest in Jesus' work. You see, Jesus, as he was on the cross, the last thing he said, as he breathed his last breath, it was these words, it is finished. He said, it is finished, it's done. And what does that mean is we don't have to work to get right with God. We don't have to work. And so what you do, when you, when you take your Sabbath, you are resting in Jesus' finished work that I don't have to work to obtain righteousness with God. I don't have to move up in order to get close to God. I just need to rest in Jesus' work. See, the Pharisees were all about saying, hey, I, you need to get it right. You need to work. You need to fulfill the law. Fulfill the law. Are you fulfilling the law? Are you fulfilling the law? And they didn't know that it was impossible to do. And Jesus was the one who said, actually, with with, with man, it's impossible. With God, it is possible. And he fulfilled that law, and he made that eternal sacrifice so that we don't need to go out and get a, get a lamb to cover our sins and slay it at the altar and say, this is a sacrifice. This is covering the sin that I owe, and this is the payment for my sin. But he was the ultimate sacrificial lamb, and he covered, the, covered us, covered our sin, and so that we don't have to work for for fellowship with God. We don't have to work to become righteousness, to have that righteousness with God, but he gives that as the free gift, and he wants to rest in that. 
I love the, the message translation of this verse in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. This is Jesus talking to him. I'll show you real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep, keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. See, some of us, I think, answer that question that Jesus was saying. Are you tired? Like, yep. Worn out? Yes. Burned out on religion? Yep. Then come to Jesus. Today, if we want to fulfill the Sabbath, we got to come to Jesus. We have to know that he has the unforced rhythms of grace in our life that, that doesn't require work. That's not, see, so many of us are wired to think, I got to do, I got to do, I got to do, I got to do. But some of us need to shift our minds and just say, I need to rest. I need to stop and think about and rest in the fact that Jesus has already finished it. That God is in control and I'm not. So that's my challenge to you, whether you find yourself today saying, yeah, I'm actually pretty good at taking this Sabbath thing on. I, I'm pretty good at it. Or and you feel really rested. Or maybe right now you do not feel rested at all and you feel burnt out. You feel tired physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. I want to let you know that Jesus sees you and he says, hey, I'm going to give you rest. But what is, what is the call right there? He says, come to me. In every scenario, we need it when we're, when we're feeling burnt out. We need to come to Jesus. That's my encouragement today. Would you bow your heads all across this place? If you haven't heard, we recently purchased a building in Old Sacramento. This is going to be the permanent home of Project Church. We are here to stay in Sacramento. But I wanted to ask you if you would consider giving, uh, donating to help make this vision come to fruition. You can go to www.projectchurch.com backslash believe to see more about the building and to donate. God bless you, and let's see what God can do through us.